Hey, Mom, are you almost there? No, Ryan, like 10 minutes later. Mom, are you almost there? Don't focus on getting there. Sometimes we forget how to get there and what's around us. And I think about life being a journey and saying that, God, send people into our lives to encourage us, to speak to us, to give us hope. You know, we even think about when we're driving, we constantly notice signs around us that maybe your child needs a place to be safe and doesn't want to be much attention to. But they're actually there for a reason, and they're pretty useful. Um, but they're there to help us, to guide us, to encourage us, to remind us, you know, of, of things that we need. And um, so as we, as, we, as we kind of talk tonight, as I share a lot of stories, think about this phrase, life's a journey. Think about your journey. And think about some of the things that you're going for. myself, in this current situation, am I trusting in God?
And guys, I'll be honest with you, I read this story probably five, six years ago, and I always, almost always carry a penny with me. And there's been crazy, crazy situations when I've seen pennies in the most random, weird, and unique spots in my life. I've even been, I've been in other countries, and I've seen, like, American pennies show up in a time where, like, I needed it the most. Almost, like, to the point where it was eerie and weird. I remember one time in Guatemala, like, I was going through a really hard time. I lived in Guatemala for six months. And it was so weird. Like, it was almost one of those times when you're like, Lord, I need you in my life. Like, I need you. Please show up. And then, like, you hear your door creak or, like, someone calls you and knocks. And you're like, like, oh, crap, Jesus, you there? Like, I love you. I need you, but not that much. Like, you know, like, you actually get scared. Like, wait, like I want to see you one day in heaven, but not right now because that would be really scary. And, like, like so I, like, see these pennies, and it's like, freaks me out. Like, why the heck would there be American pennies in Guatemala showing up at this time when like I'm losing my mind and I need a source of encouragement and hope and just like man I'm telling you like God speaks and he's always given us signals and signs along the journey to open the eyes of our heart to remind us that we're not alone but if you're anything like me sometimes I'm so focused on the destination I'm so in my ways like busy on what I got to do I don't think just take the time to realize it. Or if this thing does happen, then in my mind or whatever, say, oh, that was just a coincidence. That was just a coincidence that your friend called you right when you needed it or texted you something that applied to a situation that you were going through but no one else knew. Yeah, that was totally just a coincidence. Or no, actually that was God who randomly spoke to your friend and told your friend, even if they don't even know God, to think of you and to text you in that moment because God knew that you needed it. Yeah? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I want to look at a story today. And the miracle is Jesus healing a blind man. And as I was praying and, and, and getting ready for this message, I felt like the Lord said this. I felt like he said, Ryan, I see my children and I see my kids when they're going through hard times. But I want them to also see me when they're going through hard times. You catch that? I see them, but I want them to see me through their pain and through their hardship. Now, I'm not saying God is the pain or God is the hardship. I'm not saying that God causes the pain or God causes the hardship. But I do believe God's with us when we experience hardship. Jesus himself said, take heart. You will have trouble in this world, but I have overcome the world, right? I have overcome the world, and I take heart. There is an enemy prowling around like a lion, but take heart because I am in you, and I'm greater than he. So we know that we will have hardship, that we will have pain in this life. And when we go through that hardship and when we go through that pain, do we see the one that sees us? Do you see the one that sees you? So as we look at this miracle, we want to see the external miracle of Jesus healing a man that is never seen before. But I ask you to, to, to ask your heart, what's the internal miracle? Maybe what's the miracle that God is trying to speak to you tonight to say, to show you, to open the eyes of your heart, to show you where he's been and where he is with you on this journey in this life. 
Um, so I'm going to open up to the book of John, John chapter 9, and we're going to read from the NIV if you want to follow along. And uh, the word of the Lord says this. As he went along, he sent a, ma- a man, uh, uh, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. (laughs) So here's where it gets crazy. Jesus says, or this happens. Having said this, Jesus spits on the ground, makes some mud with his saliva, and puts it on the man's face. All right, we just got to stop there for a second. All right, so check this. Like, what the heck just happened, right? Like, if you have heard this story before, you're probably thinking this is normal. But if you're hearing for this, this for the first time, like, picture someone spitting on mud, making some, like, brownie mix with it, and, like, putting it on your face. Like, like if you, you might want to punch the guy, right? Like, what the heck are you doing, dude, right? But imagine, put yourself in the story. Imagine that you have never seen anything in your whole life. You were born blind. Actually, do this for me real quick. Can you guys close your eyes? Just don't fall asleep. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy likes to take naps when I'm, when I'm teaching. I don't blame him. Um, so close your eyes for me real quick. <laughs> He's preaching in two weeks, so he gets to make fun of me in two weeks. Um, imagine you've never seen before. You're in this village. You're desperate. You're probably poor. You would just you'd give anything to see the sunlight shine on your, your face for five minutes to see the trees, to see the blue sky, to experience all these sounds that you have heard your whole life but never seen. And suddenly, the man named Jesus comes. You've heard the stories of him healing people. You've heard the stories of him doing these amazing things. And there's a glimmer of hope that rises in your heart. And he comes to you, and you hear it him spit on the ground thinking like what is he going to do and you feel this cold wet soggy mud on your face and then he says go go wash in the pool and for the first time you open your eyes and you see the daylight you see colors you see life open your eyes imagine being that man and Jesus opening your eyes for the first time so he says go and he told him wash in the pool of Siloam which means sent so the man went and washed and came home seeing he went and washed and came home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who, who, who used to sit here and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. 
I'm going to stop there real quick. Anytime there's a miracle and move of God, there'll either be someone who doesn't believe it and ridicules you for believing it, or you will be the person in your own mind to, to your mind will make you think it's a coincidence, it's a mistake, it's just a random thing. Do you believe, do you believe that? Like, have you guys had experiences in your life where God, you look back and you know your heart believes it was God, but your mind was like, oh, that was just a random person calling me or texting me at that moment. Oh, this was just a random thing that happened. Oh, there's just freaking pennies all over the world. Why? Of course they're going to be in Guatemala. <laughs> oh, I just met that dude at that concert, you know, because that's ah, just random. You meet people at concerts. But God working and intervening in our lives and moving, those are miracles, just like this is a miracle. He says, no, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Again, could you, so for, you have this mud put on your face, and now you got to explain that to someone. Could you imagine going home to your parents or your best friends and be like, hey, guys, guess what happened to me today? Like, hey, I can see you, you know. Oh, wow, how do you see? Well, um, this dude named Jesus put some mud on my face, and now I can see. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want to try it too? I mean, if, seriously, put yourself in that situation. That sounds crazy, right? Like, come on. Like, they say, he says, he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. Oh, well, where is this man? Can I meet him? Can I get his autograph, maybe? Oh, I don't know where he went. Man, that's a great story. Wow. I wonder if this dude, like, wrote a book or there was a movie made about him. Probably not, because they didn't do that back then. Maybe he wrote books, but, um, man, but imagine, put yourself in this story. I recently read this story, actually just two days ago, uh, about this dude who, was, who, who, who also was born blind. He was, um, his parents were very wealthy. He went to the best schools. He actually got a PhD. And um, by the grace of God, like, he, he met and, and was engaged to this beautiful, beautiful young lady. Even though he had never seen her with his own eyes, he fell in love with who she was on the inside. And um, about a month or two before their wedding, a, a surgeon, a doctor, a good friend of his actually found a cure to be able to heal him. And to have, he have surgery on his eyes so that he could see for the first time. And, but he told the surgeon that he wanted to keep the bad bandages on his eyes and have them removed as his wife, as his fiance, walked down the aisle. So that the first thing he saw, this is a true story, the first thing he saw was her face. Put yourself in this story. This is maybe a little more realistic for our, our now, now time today. And as your wife or your fiancé walks down the aisle, or, or for you women, you're walking down the aisle, and the bandages are cut off of his eyes, and again, for the first time, he has never seen anything in his life. And he actually stumbles, and he almost falls off the altar because, you know, just gaining his sight, like, is taking a lot. And then he focuses in on the woman that he loves. And because he was in love with her, who she was on the inside, of course, she was so beautiful to him and to everyone else on the outside. And in an interview, he said, it was the most amazing experience I've ever been a part of. The only other thing that I could think could be better is seeing Jesus' face for the first time. 
and I go to heaven. Again, guys, life is a crazy, crazy journey. And these are examples of whether it's the, the instant miracle of Jesus healing the man right there and then, or the miracle of God working through a doctor to heal him, but seeing for the first time. And I wonder right now in our lives, in some situations, maybe we do need a healing physical, and that's amazing. But I also wonder, what are some areas in our hearts that God wants to open the eyes of our heart to see him in a way that we've never seen him before? Um, Another version of this story in John actually comes out of a, a passage in Luke 18.35. And I love this version so much of the story. Um, it's actually a, another man, I believe. Um, it's Jesus healing blind uh, Bar- Barimaeus. Did I say it? How do you say it? Bartimaeus, thank you. And um, I can never pronounce things growing up in school, you know. I should have went to a speech therapist or something. Still can't really read or pronounce things. But... Man, um, but he's, he, Jesus is coming to this village, and this guy is blind again, and he hears of Jesus coming in, and he's so desperate. There's such a desperation, and he's, he's crying out to Jesus. He says, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David, and the, the disciples are walking by, and they kind of shoo the guy off and say, hey, he's busy, but he gets even louder. He gets even louder. He says, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. Just trying to do anything to get his attention. And Jesus hears him. And he stops and he comes to him and he kneels down. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? And the man replies and he says, I want to see. I want to see. And I love when I read that scripture so much because I think about that. If Jesus asked me in that moment, and I wonder if the man not only wanted to see, but wanted to see him. And again, I'm sharing these stories because this is a miracle of how God healed a person and people externally. These are miracles. These are real things that happen. Each of these stories are true, actual, live events. But again... Where are we at on the journey for the internal miracle of him healing our hearts and opening our eyes to see him? If we've never seen him before for the first time, or to open our eyes of our hearts to see him in situations when we thought we were alone, in hurts when we thought we were alone. Or maybe we're doing good, and that's awesome. But there will be situations in our lives when pain happens, like Leah said. And will we try to handle it by ourselves? Or will we ask God to help us to see him in the midst of the tragedy and pain? Um, later in the verse, after John chap- in John chapter 9, this man is being questioned. And, and people, that he's go- he has to go to the, in front of the synagogue and, and people aren't believing him. And they say, well, where is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Is he a sinner? Like, how would he heal you? Only God can do that. And I love what the man replies. He says this. He's like, I don't know if he is a sinner or not. I don't know who he is. But I know, what I know is this. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once blind, but now I see. 
it says that he came home seen. I mean, again, put yourself in the story. When we read scripture, I love doing that. Imagine that you were this guy or this girl and running home, running to your loved ones, running to your friends for the first time in your life, being able to see. And then they question you. What would you do? What would you say? But he says, he points back to the miracle. I was once blind, but now I see. Um, <clears throat> so there's this story, uh, an, another story that I want to share. Um, it's one of my favorite scriptures and favorite stories in the, in the Bible. And so we, we're kind of showing, I'm showing, giving you examples of, again, the miracle of God healing but also examples of how God sees us. And I'm going to kind of shift to a couple more stories now, and, and I want you to kind of think about the second half now of how do we see God in our pain, and do we see God in our pain? Um, there's a story um, about a woman named Hagar, and um, she had a child with Abraham, and uh, because Abraham in the Old Testament was married to Sarah, and they, they, they would have the, their son Isaac eventually, um, uh, Hagar had to leave, and she had to take her, her little boy Ishmael with her. With her. And uh, as you can imagine, if you were in that situation, if you were in, you know, ever loved someone, and, and then maybe you were in a relationship and you had to break up or, or someone passed away, imagine that pain that maybe she was feeling, the abandonment, abandonment and the, the loneliness and the isolation that she was feeling when her family basically says, you need to go. And uh, so she's in this desert, and she doesn't know how she's going to take care of her son. She actually gets so desperate, she sets her son down because she can't bear to watch her own child die. And imagine maybe how she's feeling, but the scripture says she cries out to God. And the angel of the Lord comes to her, and she says in Genesis 16, verse 13, you are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. And again, guys, I just feel like the Lord is really speaking that he first wants you to know that he sees you. That he sees you and that he knows you. And even if this is your first time or your 20th time coming here tonight, that you're here for a reason. That you're here because he has a plan for your life. The whole vision of Alive is to awaken you, to let you know that you have an amazing purpose to your life, that you're not a mistake, you're not an accident, but God has destined you, has created you, and knit you together in your mother's womb to be alive, and we always say it for such a time as this, that you are here on this earth, in this room, in this place and space for a bigger reason than you know. And guys, life is hard. Life's hard for me, but the message of the Lord is saying, I see you, my child. I see you, my daughter. I see you, my son, but I want you to open your heart. I want you to open my, your eyes to see me back. I want you to see me in the midst of the pain. I want you to see me in the midst of the hardship because, guys, that's when we need the Lord the most. It's easy sometimes to see God when everything is going good, right? When we have these mountaintop experiences. But do we see him in the pain? Do we see him when things are falling apart? Do we make the time to be with him? 
we make the time to slow down, to hear him, to look at the signs along the journey, to look at the people that he's brought to us on the path, to hear his heart, to hear him saying, my daughter, my son, I'm with you. He doesn't leave us when the pain comes. He doesn't leave us when the tragedy happens. But he's actually all around us, speaking, for, speaking to us, fighting for us, weeping with us, crying with us, encouraging us. And I believe he's constantly sending us miracles, like the man seeing for the first time, and also little miracles, like a friend calling, a friend texting, a movie or a song that comes on right at the right time that you need it the most. You finding a letter or, again, seeing a penny in Guatemala. Or maybe you even coming here. So many of hearing have heard of your stories of how you got here, and it's amazing. And I believe that's a miracle. You didn't have to be here tonight. You could be anywhere else, but you came. So I, I love movies. And there's a movie that I've seen twice now called Miracles from Heaven. And uh, if you want to see it, uh, you may want to, I don't want you to leave right now, but you may want to like close your eyes because this will be a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, but this movie is a true story. And um, I'm going to show you the trailer of the movie and then the interview with the real people. And again, I ask you as you watch this, when the pain and the tragedy hits and the storm comes, do we hide from the rain, or do we see God and get the strength to dance in the rain? Cheers! Cheers! Today, let's do Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Okay, listen to your teachers. Love you! Love you! It's a good life. <laughs> it's a good It's a good life. When Anna got sick, I just couldn't understand it. Why was this loving little girl going through this? I think your daughter is lactose intolerant. Acid reflux. Everything looks okay. Everything's fine. Everything is not fine. There's something wrong with our little girl. Mrs. B, you, you need to calm tests. down. I'm not leaving this hospital until I know what's wrong with my daughter. Unfortunately, the tests confirm that she's very ill. There is currently no cure for Anna's condition. Doctor, please, this is our little... Girl. I'm scared, Mom. Me too. We're not giving up. Like a small boat on the ocean. We need a solution. We need it now. And we'll get it. How? By not losing our faith. How long have you been married? 14 years. Free her from this. Can you even hear me? I can make an explosion. baby girl fell 30 feet she hit her head just right and it didn't kill her and it didn't paralyze her it healed her yes that's impossible this is a little hard to believe there's a lot of people out there that are just looking for publicity a lot of people think we're crazy you either roll with it or you get rolled on
told me I'd be fine. Who told you you'd be fine? I wrote a book called Miracles from Heaven. It is about the journey that our family went through when Annabelle was sick. Unfortunately, the tests confirm that she's very ill. There is currently no cure for Anna's condition. And she had incurable digestive disorders. Why do you think God hasn't healed me? For four years, I watched my daughter truly suffer like that. Keeping faith was difficult at first. The fear that we had. We need a solution now. And we'll get it. How? By not losing our faith. There were so many ways that God was showing me his acts of faithfulness. My faith may have been shaken, but I didn't ever lose my faith. Do you even hear me? Because I don't hear you. In the course of the film, she really decides you are there with me, and when I don't feel you as a presence, I have to work that much harder to know and trust that you're with me, and that's what faith is. You either roll with it or you get rolled on. God loves Annabelle. He must have an amazing plan for her life. We're not giving up. I knew that he was always there. He hasn't abandoned me yet. I just knew. Annabelle ended up falling 30 feet head first and was entombed in the base of a tree. She walked away with scratches, but no broken bones. It was totally miraculous. So you're telling me that when this baby girl fell 30 feet, she hit her head just right, and it didn't kill her, and it didn't paralyze her. It healed her. Yes. That's impossible. You know, God is real, and, and God is faithful, and he's there even if you don't see him. She was praying for miracles the whole way through, but didn't realize they were all around her. It doesn't matter what your challenge is. There is hope, and you have to have faith. Put one foot in front of the other and to look ahead. And I love that that movie. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go see it. It's uh, still in theaters. It probably will be in for about a week or so. Um, but uh, I love one the trailer, that fight song. Man, every time I hear that, it pumps me up. Uh, but also that the interview, and she says, you know, she was looking for God all around, and uh, but he was he was sending signs. He was sending signals. He was the miracles were all around. It wasn't just a miracle of her being healed. But the miracle, and, and you know, not to give away with the movie, but there was constant thing, constantly things happened that she just thought things were falling into place. But it was people going out of their ways, doing the little things to remind them that they're not alone, that they're seen. And again, guys, I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to share some of these stories and, and, and really to, to, to pray that God helps you know that he sees you. But I feel like there's, there's things going on in all of our lives, in my life right now. And he's just saying, my son, my daughter, open your eyes. I'm with you. You know, it's like the wind. We can't see the wind, but we can feel it. And Jesus even says, this, the spirit is like the wind. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes. And I don't know if you've ever been walking, but a strong, you know, uh, a strong gust of wind hits you in the face or a gentle breeze 
And there's been moments in my life when I've been really down, when I've been really struggling. And in those moments, I feel like God's like, Ryan, even though you can't see me, you can feel me. I was uh, in Nepal when I went on the world race. And uh, I remember we got to this uh, pastor's house in the Himalayan mountains. Uh, probably it was really late. And uh, the house didn't have any heat at night. And uh, we're, we're just, I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep. It's my first night there. We met the pastor and his wife. Um, we didn't, and then we just kind of went to bed. It was really late. And I'm bundled up in a sleeping bag. And I, I have like a, sweat, like, five, like a couple sweatshirts on, gloves and bands. I'm falling asleep and I can see my own breath. And um, I'm laying there. And, and I don't know why, but I was kind of scared. And this was my seventh month traveling. So I don't know really why I was scared. But I was looking out at the stars, and I kind of felt like I heard this little whisper. And I felt like I heard God say, I want you to go, on, go up on the roof, Ryan, because the roofs are flat in Nepal. And I was like, what? Like, I'm not going to go up on the roof? Like, are you crazy? Like, and I'm literally having this conversation with myself and thinking that I'm going insane. And I'm trying to go to sleep. And again, I feel like I hear just this, this you know, not an audible voice, but this thing in my heart, go up on the roof, Ryan. I'm like, God, I'm not going up on the roof. I just got here. These people are going to come and ninja kick me, thinking I'm, like, trying to steal something. Like, like, I don't even know these people. I'm not going up on the roof. Like, stop. I'm going to bed. Like, literally, you think I'm exaggerating, trying to be funny. I was having this conversation. And so God always wins. And so five minutes later, Ryan, go up on the roof. Trust me. Oh, my gosh, Lord, I can't believe I'm doing this. So I'm like going throughout the house, trying to find the roof. I don't even know where the roof is. I just know it's up somewhere. <laughs> and I open this, like, it's a steel, like, door that's, like, super loud, like, screeching, literally waiting for someone to come yell at me. And I go up these, this stairway, and I get on the roof. And, I mean, it was amazing. Up in the Himalayan mountains, the stars, the beauty, it was amazing. It was freaking cold, but it was amazing. And so I'm up there. I'm like, all right, God, I'm up here. And I said a quick prayer, thought I did my thing, and I was getting ready to go back. <laughs> and so I'm going down, and I feel like the Lord says, Ryan, turn around. And I turn around, and it's even darker on the other end of the roof. And he says, go, go around the side. Go around the corner. And I literally, guys, again, if you've ever feel like you've heard from God, every time I feel like I'm losing, losing my, you know, losing my marbles. Like, I just feel like it's me making things up. And I'm like, all right, God, we live by faith, not by sight. I'm, I don't know why the heck I'm doing this. And I'm scared. I'm going around this dark alley in Nepal, in the Himalayan mountains, when it's freaking cold out, waiting for someone to come ninja kick me. This is the story of my life. And so I turn around, I go, and I felt like God says, look up. And I look, and I see this. And then I get even more scared, because I'm like, wait, what if I come here tomorrow, and this isn't here, and like, God like, just wrote this. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm like, all right, God, I'm going downstairs. <laughs> real, true, tr true thing, real talk. And, uh... So, yeah, man, it says love is greater than fear. And I'll never forget that moment in Nepal, in the Himalayan mountains, trying to go to sleep, and God says, go up on top of the roof. And this is just a little way. I, I could think, all right, this is a coincidence. For some reason, I made all this up in my head. 
Or is this a way, is this a small miracle of God opening my heart, reminding me and showing me that he's there with me? So I ask you, and again, I'm pausing on purpose. How is God maybe right now, tonight, in this moment in your life, showing you that he cares for you, that he loves you, and that you're not alone? And then when he speaks, and when he moves, and when these miracles happen all around us, will we choose to believe that it's him? Will we choose to see him as he sees us? I'm going to invite the band back up as I share this last story. And uh, this last story is a, kind of a tearjerker. Um, a couple years ago, uh, there was a, a tragic accident um, with a, a, a songwriter named Stephen Curtis Chapman. His little girl um, was accidentally killed um, by, his, by his son. And uh, this little girl uh, was adopted and He's adopted, they've adopted three little girls, and uh, they, they love their older brother so much, and um, he, he came home, and Brett, you can hit those lights, please. He came home, and um, the little girl was so excited to see him, he just wasn't, accidents happen, and, and uh, he accidentally hit, hit her with the car. And in this moment, the, the father runs out, Stephen Curtis Chapman runs out and sees his little girl, and as you can imagine in that moment, uh, what you would feel. And uh, they wrote a book, and it's called Choosing to See. And, and for whatever reason, they kept using this word see, and, and as, they're, as they're holding their little girl and just crying out to God in that moment, they kept saying, Lord, let us see. Let us see you, God. Let us see how this could happen. Let us see you in this spot where, Lord, I need you. And they, and they right there prayed for healing. They prayed and believed that their girl, little girl could be resurrected and brought back to life right there in that moment and healed. But as the story goes, as this particular story goes, she wasn't. And for whatever reason, they kept using this word, see. Lord, help us see you. Help us see you. We need you. Help us see you in this situation. And a couple of days later, um, their, their, their daughter, their other daughter, um, stumbled upon a picture that Stephen Curtis Chapman's little girl, Maria, drew that, that morning, the morning of the accident. And there's six kids in the family, and she drew this picture of a six-petal flower and one of the flower, one of the petals were colored in. And on the back of the paper, it said this. It said S-E-E-C. And so some of you could be thinking right now, wow, that's a, that's a coincidence, you know? My, even part of my brain would, says that. But what are, what are the chances that a little girl, you can show the next picture, please, drew a picture of a six-petal flower and colored one of them in and wrote C. And in the interview, Stephen Curtis Chapman and Mary Beth in this book says they really believe that that was God showing them and even the little girl somehow showing them that I'm okay, that you'll see me again. 
and I'll see you again. And it was a small miracle of God opening the eyes of our heart, opening the eyes of their heart to show them that I'm with you in this pain, that I didn't cause this pain, I'm not punishing you, but I'm with you in this. And sometimes the, the, the man and the women and the, the healing takes place right there that we see for the first time. The people are brought back to life. And Jesus still does that today. And we believe that as a church and a people. And I will always pray for that. But in the sum of the stories when that doesn't happen, I don't think that means God has forsaken us or abandoned us. I don't think that means that God has left us alone or is punishing us or doesn't love us. You know, the hymn Amazing Grace was written by a guy that ran a slave ship for so many years. And ironically, he ended up losing his vision. And it was when he was blind, he actually wrote this hymn. And he said, I was once blind, but now I see. Even though he lost his physical vision, he gained a vision of seeing in his heart. And guys, again, I know I kind of shared a lot of stories, and it was kind of all over the place. And, but the heartbeat of the message tonight is God says he sees you. And maybe some of you right now, maybe that's the miracle of tonight. And maybe you feel like Hagar in that desert. You feel alone. You feel forsaken. You feel abandoned. Maybe you feel like that guy, one of the, the, the guys who are blind. And you are desperate for God right now in your life. And he wants you to know, I see you. I'm with you. Keep holding on. Keep hoping because I'm fighting for you and I'm not giving up. And maybe some of you right now are in a situation and it hurts, or, or, you're, or you're doing good. You're acing all your, your tests, you're doing good. But God says, when the storms come, because we all know they will, will we be people who hide? Will we be people who think God is mad at us? Or will we see the flower? We learn to dance in the rain, knowing that the rainbows come after the storms. Even when we lose our physical vision, we trust and believe that God has opened the vision of our hearts to see him. So I've asked the band to play the song Amazing Grace. And I just ask you in this moment, just talk to God, guys. Be real. <laughs> Another motto in my life is real, recognize as real. Be real with God. He knows how you feel. He knows if you're upset. If you're, and, and I'm sorry, I know I'm talking. If you're doing great, awesome. Celebrate that. Talk to him about it. But just be real with him. And I leave you with one challenge tonight. Ask him to open the eyes of your heart to see him. To see those pennies on the ground, to feel that wind. To go to him, to ask for the external physical miracles, but also the internal miracles of him opening our hearts each day of our life. Knowing that when the sun rises, we have a new day to live. And there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
And there may be rain and storms that go on in our lives, but we know that a rainbow is coming. And even though it hurts now, that there's hope for tomorrow. And that each breath that we take, each day that we wake, is a reminder that the battle isn't over. That our stories isn't over because his story isn't over. That we have another day to live, another breath to breathe. And that he's fighting for us. So Father, I thank you, God. That we were once blind, but now we see. And even as we go on after celebrating that you hung on the cross on Friday, but Sunday came. And the tomb was emptied and you got up. So when the Fridays come and the storms come raging in, let us have hope that Sunday is on its way. And our story isn't over because your story isn't over, God. So if there's physical healings that need to take place tonight, God, we say, let them take place. And do what only you can do by the power of your spirit and the might of your love. But God, we also ask for the internal miracles of you opening our hearts and showing us that you're fighting for us and that you love us. And that each and every one of us is not an accident or a mistake. But we're here tonight in this life. For such a time as this. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, first of all, and most of all, for loving us. In Jesus' name. Guys, there'll be good people in the back that would love to pray with you. Take this time and use the Lord.
guys, I, uh, it's 9.30, and uh, it's already kind of late, but um, we're going to have the, the band play one more song, but there are refreshments and snacks in the back and good people that would just love to talk and hang out with you, um, so feel free to make your way out if you need to go, and uh, if not, we're going to sing one more song and just declare how the Father is the King of our hearts. He always has our back, no matter what. Thanks for coming out tonight. Next week, we'll be at the church. And uh, just know that this is a family that just doesn't meet on Tuesday night. We're here for each other. So uh, be a family with us. Love you guys. Would you all stand with me as we worship?
Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. And I just thank you that you're the king of our hearts. And that we can keep our eyes on you through all things and in all things. So God, I thank you for this family. And I just pray that you bless them this week. And they can keep their eyes fixed on you. Because you're never going to let them down. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, well, this is the end of our service, but I want to thank you guys for coming. And we have some awesome snacks out in the back. And also, if you want some prayer, we have some awesome leaders in the back. So we love you guys, and we'll see you next week at the church. Praises, I sing praises, I give you honor.